Hello and welcome to a podcast from Wrigley's Solicitors looking at the new General Data Protection Regulation and its impact on trustees of pension schemes. The regulation is a piece of EU legislation which will have direct effect in the UK and across the rest of the EU from the 25th of May next year. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss the steps that trustees should be taking now to achieve compliance with the new data protection regime. I'm Rebecca Cook, a solicitor in the pensions team, and I'm joined by my colleague Kate Buckham, who is going to help me to answer some key questions concerning the new regulation. Kate, before we consider the detail of the general data protection regulation, perhaps you could provide a brief explanation of the key concepts and definitions underpinning the existing data protection legislation. Of course. Data protection legislation is concerned with the processing of personal data where the processing is carried out by wholly or partly automated means or where the personal data forms part of a filing system. So in a scheme context, we're looking at member records that have been uploaded onto a computer system, a payroll system, for example, but also the paper files where these are stored, say, alphabetically? Yes, exactly. So the current regime contained in the Data Protection Act 1998 requires personal data to be processed in accordance with a number of data protection principles that are concerned ultimately with safeguarding an individual's data. Personal data for these purposes means data which identifies a living individual and so would include a person's name, address and date of birth. It also includes any information or combination of information which might lead to the identification of a person. Processing covers anything done to personal data and would include obtaining, recording and holding data and also organising, using and erasing data. In the context of a pension scheme, personal data is processed on a daily basis as part of the general administration of the scheme. If we look at some typical scheme activities such as admitting new members, calculating benefits, putting pensions into payment and resolving member queries, these will all involve the processing of personal data. Trustees are data controllers as they determine the purposes for which and the manner in which personal data is processed whereas scheme administrators are data processors as they simply process data on behalf of the data controller. Thank you for that overview. Given that the Data Protection Act already protects the personal data of scheme members, how significantly will the General Data Protection Regulation change the current regime? Good question. Uh, Many of the core concepts under the existing regime will remain unchanged. For example, the concepts of what is personal data, what constitutes processing, who are data controllers and who are data processors are broadly similar under both the Data Protection Act and the General Data Protection Regulation. The most significant change, however, is the new principle of accountability. Under the regulation, data controllers are responsible for and must be able to demonstrate compliance with the six data protection principles. In practice, this means that trustees will need to have an excellent understanding of what personal data exists in relation to the scheme and its members and how personal data is processed. They will also need to demonstrate that they have safeguarded the security of personal data through their arrangements with scheme administrators and other third parties who may process data on their behalf, and also through their own handling of personal data. Another change concerns consent. 
The processing of personal data will only be lawful under the regulation if it falls within one of six lawful bases. One of these bases is where the data subject has given his consent to the processing of his personal data for one or more specific purposes. However, consent under the regulation is expressly defined and means any freely given, specific, informed and unambiguous indication of the data subject's wishes by which he or she, by a statement or by a clear affirmative action, signifies agreement to the processing of personal data relating to him or her. For any trustees who currently rely on member consent to process personal data, they will need to review the form of consent received and consider whether it constitutes consent for the purposes of the regulation. If it does not, they will need to seek fresh consent, but be aware that consent can be withdrawn at any time under a new right to be forgotten principle. For this reason, and given the practical difficulties of obtaining GDPR compliant consent from each and every member of the pension scheme, we expect trustees will seek to rely on one or more of the other lawful bases for processing. This could mean that one of the first jobs for trustees is to identify a suitable alternative lawful basis for processing members' personal data. Golly, um, so what should trustees be doing now? First of all, organise some trustee training. For starters, trustees need to learn about the six data protection principles and the concept of data protection by design and by default. They need to understand members' rights in relation to their personal data and they need to know what to do in the event of a personal data breach. Once they are up to speed with the requirements of the new regime, trustees should carry out a data mapping exercise with the help of their scheme administrators to identify the personal data held by the pension scheme and the processing activities that apply to it and to assess how the processing of that personal data measures up to the requirements of the regulation. From this starting point, and with the help of their legal advisers, trustees will be in the best position to identify any areas of non-compliance. This is likely to lead to action in a number of different areas, and I'll focus on five now. The first is the drafting and issuing of new privacy notices as existing privacy notices are unlikely to meet the extensive requirements of the new regulation. The second area is obtaining consent where certain types of personal data is held. Consent is required to process certain special categories of personal data, including data concerning health and sexual orientation. In a scheme context, data relating to health will be processed as part of an ill health application, whereas data relating to sexual orientation will be processed in relation to the payment of death benefits. In both cases, trustees will need to ensure they have appropriate consent in relation to any special categories of data that they already hold, and they will also need to build in a requirement to obtain consent as part of a process for collecting any such data in the future. The third area that is likely to need attention is updating agreements with data processors, such as the scheme administrator. Under the regulation, data processing must be governed by a contract and that contract must stipulate various matters. The upshot of this is that new data protection provisions will need to be agreed and inserted into existing agreements or included in a standalone data protection agreement. We expect scheme administrators will be keen to agree new terms as, for the first time, both data controllers and data processors will be at risk of fines for breaching data protection legislation. The fourth area of action will be to decide on appropriate measures to take at a trustee board level to protect personal data. 
Here we expect trustees to consider the personal data that is held and shared at board level. For example, where trustee meeting papers include details of an ill health early retirement application, what safeguards are in place to protect the personal data of the member? Things to consider here include whether or not the application could be anonymised, where the meeting papers are distributed by email or uploaded onto a data site, is the information encrypted or password protected? If information is sent to a trustee's email address, is that a secure email address? Is it a personal email address? Who has access to that email? Taking all of this into account, how easy would it be for the personal data to fall into the wrong hands? What additional safeguards can the trustees take in this regard? And finally, trustees will need to record the processes they have put in place to comply with the regulation in a data protection policy. This could be an updated version of a current policy or involve drafting a new policy from scratch. Well, there is certainly a lot to be done between now and May 2018. Absolutely. Trustees should be adding data protection as a standing item on their trustee meeting agenda and reporting back at every meeting on the progress that is being made to achieve compliance ahead of May 2018. Trustees may wish to create a subcommittee of trustees to work together with their advisors to carry out the data mapping exercise and to create the documents needed to demonstrate their compliance with the new regime. So if they haven't already done so, we recommend trustees get started on this process straight away? Agreed. The most time-consuming part of this exercise is likely to be mapping the data and processes. Well, thank you, Kate, for providing that very useful overview of the steps trustees should be taking to comply with the new General Data Protection Regulation. If you want to learn more about the regulation, then please go to our website, www.wrigleys.co.uk, and click on the Multimedia tab. Here you'll find a series of podcasts prepared by lawyers in our Charities and Social Economy team looking in detail at the regulation. In the coming weeks, they will be adding new podcasts to the website to cover topics including Are your data protection consents fit for purpose? Do you have a legitimate interest to process data? And what happens if you're in breach of the regulation? Although these podcasts are directed at charities and social enterprises, the general principles remain the same and are equally relevant to pension scheme trustees. We hope you find these materials useful and thank you for listening.